Hey again, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Is This Rim Regulation? As always, I'm Grant, your host, joined by David and Ryan. This week, we are going to dive into The Last Dance, discussing our biggest takeaways from the entire doc and looking at our favorite parts of it. We're also going to talk briefly about how this changed our views on the top players of all time and give our personal top five lists. And finally, we're going to talk about some of our favorite sneakers of all time and the impact that Jordans have had on us. So with that, let's jump right into it. Welcome back, guys. This week, we're, uh, we're diving into The Last Dance. It's been about a week or so since the last episode aired, so we had a time to think about it, go back, watch some old games, and now we're going to kind of talk about what we think about it. So I got Gun and Mac again with me. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> all right, we got that out of the way. So <laughs> I just want to start. So let's just start with the biggest takeaways because – None of us grew up watching MJ. We're all kind of a little bit too young to have seen him live, but I think we had an idea of how great he was and watched some of his games. But what were what were some of your guys' big takeaways from watching this? I think uh, I don't think there will ever be another player that will reach the level of his popularity. He was really just bigger than life. It was crazy to watch. I, I mean, I never, I knew that he was very popular, but just like the level around the entire world, he was like God to like everybody. It was crazy to watch that. Yeah. I think too, I mean, just from what I know, like the the level of competition, right? And I think people say is like Kobe is the closest thing to Jordan that the game has seen since then. But then even then, no disrespect to Kobe, but, like, the dude was just – he was just different, you know? Like, he would just – I don't know. Like, I don't know what else to say, right? He's just different. Like, there's not a guy like that that exists. Yeah, yeah that was yeah. my my biggest takeaway I had written down here was just that – just, like, his – I think LeBron kind of comes close in terms of, like, worldwide popularity, but – but the thing that really struck me was that Jordan was doing this when there was no, like, there's no Twitter, there's no social media, and he was still the biggest star in, in any sport, pretty much, like, around the world. I think that added to his, uh, his level of popularity, because there was kind of a, a mystique about him that, like, you couldn't reach him on a daily basis on, like, Twitter or Instagram or something. He was only available during, like, I guess, press conferences, you know, at the practice facilities or after games. And I think, I don't know, somehow I think that added to his level of like, just almost like a level of like mysteriousness to him. Yeah. And I, I think know. that the, that, that same thing, it's like some of the stories that you heard in, in the documentary were like, if, if that happened now, the press would be all over that and it would be covered for, for two, three days straight. Like, if LeBron had done some of the things, like if, if he went to Atlantic city before a playoff game, like that would be huge news. Oh, the back that was back legendary. Then. Yeah. Yeah. Back I mean, then, though, it, just it still was, crazy. I mean, it still was big, huge news. 
I mean, what we consider big news with LeBron is he has Taco Tuesday and he's got, you know, chicken tacos instead of beef this week, you know? Like, yeah. And I mean, I'm, I bet, you know, MJ maybe had something like that, but it was just wasn't publicized. You know, the world didn't know about it. Yeah. It wasn't, it wasn't corny. Oh, that's for sure. It was just but, a different yeah, I mean, So I guess the, the, I think that is a good point is like it almost – See, I don't want to like go against other players maybe not being as interesting or like on the same level, but like because everybody is so accessible like instantly and everybody sh- shares like very like I mean celebrities at least, a lot of them share a lot of aspects of their life. And like that's a big thing now is like feeling like your fans or something are like included, they get a glimpse into your life, like those kind of things. I wonder if Jordan was playing and he was the same player, same person, like what that would be like with social media. I think it would be interesting you know, to see if he was, he was in this era and what would, it didn't feel like what it would be social like. media. Well, I feel like with, like with MJ, since he wasn't as accessible as everybody else, there were almost like stories and, and legends and myths that were told about him that you couldn't really confirm on like the daily basis on Twitter. On Twitter and Instagram and stuff, and I feel like if if he was around today, or I mean, if he was playing today, I feel like part of that would be destroyed, and there'd be a lot less. Uh, I don't know. He'd be less cool, I guess, than he was. Or would he be like the Frank Ocean of basketball, where you know he doesn't? He's like, like a, that's Kawhi, right? Kawhi's the Frank Ocean. The Kawhi, yeah, I guess so, right? The man's MIA. Yeah. But I mean, you know, obviously, Quiet doesn't even have nearly that level of popularity. I don't know. I mean, I think just MJ the '90s, yeah, it was just perfect. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I think it was the perfect time for him to come along, and that okay. was some, something else I had written down for biggest takeaways was kind of going off this idea of like the news cycle. I, I want to talk about Rodman for a second. I know this is mostly about MJ, but I was just shocked. I'd heard of like the Las Vegas story before, but I'd never heard the W I didn't realize the WWE thing was right before a playoff game. I didn't know that was crazy. I had never seen that. He just leaves in between like game two and game or was it game one and game two of the final. I think it was, yeah, it was like one and two. And he just goes on WWE and misses practice, doesn't tell the team. And it's just, t- tag teams with Hulk Hogan. <laughs> it's like some of the stuff that he got away with on that team and, and given, I mean, that they handled it correctly, obviously, because they won all the championship, three championships with him. But if that happened now, I just, I think he would just be out of the league. I don't, I don't see how he would be in the league still. Like, I think it's like a, yeah, like a team would have like suspended him or something or something like that. Yeah. I mean, it was crazy, but I feel like Rodman, I don't know. I mean, it seems like, I, I hate going back to this, but it seems like, you know, back then, you know, teams could have a player like that or, or there could be players could exist back then that had this like bigger than life personality like Rodman and like Phil Jackson was well aware like he needed to give you know Rodman you know like a two-day vacation during the season I think that was in like the 98 season when he went yeah. to Vegas and like he just he allowed Rodman to go that's like- exactly what I was gonna say is like when you do you do have a personality like that kind of guys like 
you'd probably be more having causing more detriment if you try to restrict him and you try to do those things instead of letting him just like be himself and do his thing. And, it, yeah. and like you said, like the sh- it it worked. Like it obviously worked. They won. He was like glue to the team. Like all this stuff. So, but do you think that would do you think that would happen now? Because I I've never heard of another player like that. Like what if what if um. I can't even think of a player in the league right now. What if Dion Waiters came to the team and was like, "Hey, I need a t- I need a vacation. I need to go to Vegas." Or when Derrick Rose disappeared on the Knicks for like a weekend. Remember that? Like 2 years ago? No. Yeah, I do remember Wait, that. but we're are we comparing Dion Dion Gummy Waiters to um the gummy. Dennis Rodman? <laughs> like I just brought up Waiters because I, don't, I mean, he got pretty much kicked off the heat for eating an edible on a plane and Dennis Rodman doesn't get in trouble for like leaving the team to go on WWE during the finals. I mean, I feel like it's a little different. It's just in that case, way Rodman different. is like <laughs> the third best player on the Bulls. What are you going to do? Suspend him or kick him off the team during the NBA finals? I mean, like, I think it's a little different. Deion Waiters has no talking room here. He doesn't really have much leverage. Um, but isn't it too – like? Right, and state to state. I don't know what it is in Florida or wherever he was, but technically isn't weed still illegal in places? So it was like maybe it was a thing of like this is actually – like it's not illegal for Dennis Rodman to go to the WWE and go be in the ring. Like, it's <laughs> Yeah, because I mean I think, I think in Dion's case, he was, he was um, breaking the, or the NBA's like, you know, contract where you can't yeah, – the drug, the substance that. policy, yeah. And, uh, yeah, I guess Rodman, yeah, there is no – obviously there's no – or excused absences, though. You know, that's one thing. That's true. Um, but, I, again, I think it was in between games. I don't think he missed, like, practice. I'm not sure. But he missed, yeah. He skipped the practice for it. He skipped the practice. Yeah, yeah I mean, that would not fly today because when Rodman did it in 98, you know – as far as, you know, we knew, it was probably top secret. No one knew that he was there, you know. It wasn't trending on Twitter. Yeah. Obviously, we saw footage of it, but that was from, you know, the Chicago Bulls, like, film crew. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, you know, people weren't out there posting it on – I don't even know. Well, I think the thing, too, is, like, I don't know. I You know, you always see this stuff on Twitter, and I think we joke about it. It's, like – dudes in the fifties, like they were playing against, like might have legit had other jobs or like people always say like Jordan was playing against like uh, cashier, like plumbers and cashiers at the grocery store. Like, yeah, Jerry West it, sold insurance in between seasons. Right. And so it's like, it's like the, there's also been a shift in like how profitable the game is. And in terms of like those kind of things, I think it's advanced like, how professional people are and actually taking this as like, this is a career. This is my life. This is my job, my brand. Those kind of things have progressed like way more than what they were. And so like, if you do miss a practice now, it's like, it's like the same thing. If I just didn't show up to my job on Monday, like I'd be reprimanded for it. Right. Not saying it wasn't that way in the nineties. I I just think like the professionalism and like how it has evolved with basketball is I think more yeah. than what it was, obviously. I wouldn't be surprised if, if nowadays you like missed a practice from an unexcused absence. I, I wouldn't be surprised if, like, if you lost part of your pay. Wouldn't be surprised at all. You probably get fined. Yeah, fine. Yeah, third. You know, well, I'm not sure how much. I don't know, twenty five thousand dollars. Like, that's a 
that's a crazy amount of money. <laughs> and obviously it's some percent of the contract. And, you know, yeah. like, like back in the nineties, that same percent, you know, would have been much, much smaller. So. Yeah. I just, yeah. I mean, I think it is just a different time. I think there's a lot of stories that came out that would have been a lot bigger news, not even just with Rodman, with the whole team, but I, I just, I thought that Rodman was, and he was a big part of it, obviously, but I just feel like it's not, like, he's interesting, but it's just, like, he's just kind of crazy, and, like, he was good, but I think he's almost overrated. Like, I don't I don't think he was that great. Like, if I was a, I guess I'm, this is why I'm not a general manager or anything, but I don't know if I would have put up with him if I was the team. I would have just been, like, we can find somebody else. Oh, yeah, I mean, after his after his time on uh, the Pistons, right, didn't they drop him due to damn near just being totally crazy? I mean, he showed up to the Detroit arena with, like, a gun in his car, like, that morning or something. And there were, it was a huge ordeal. And I remember the Pistons just cold flat just cut him, just dropped him right there. And then he spent time in what San Antonio, I think. Yeah, he was, and he was terrible in San Antonio. They and they pretty much just gave him away. I mean, the Bulls got him for free. So. Yeah, I mean, but then I think I mean obviously like this is in '98, so then you had the success of '90 of of '96 and '97. Clearly, he's a very important part of the team, and I think that's where Jerry Crass was, you know, willing to stick up with it, you know, and be like, okay, I can, I can go through with this a little bit longer. Yeah. Even though this man is damn near crazy and should be put into a straitjacket. But uh, yeah, I think, I think it was uh, kind of the, you just got to do it because they had already won two championships at that point and um, best rebounder in the league. So. Yeah, I agree. I think sometimes it takes, a person to go from place to place or be in different systems or be in a different city or, you know, a different role on a team for him to flourish. And I think that it's obviously clear, like he was good with the Pistons. Like you said, he might not have been great with the Spurs, but like him being in that system in Chicago is maybe what allowed him to flourish more than he should have, but he still did. And he was a, like a key, key part of the team. So. And he I don't was, know. I'd put up with it. I mean, he was a great player. Just... Winning, winning fixes everything. Like, <laughs> yep. Winning puts a band-aid over anything that might be going on. That's true. Well, I, I mean, I have a, I had a question written down for you guys too. Is that so? In the first three, they had Horace Grant as their third best player, and then in the second, they had Dennis Rodman. And it seemed like they focused a lot on Rodman. They they hardly talked about Horace Grant. And if they did, they just kind of – I mean, MJ just said he lied Whoa. and he told reporters stuff, and, and they just kind of threw him under the bus. And I actually, I think Horace Grant is better than Dennis Rodman. Maybe not when Rodman was I mean, in the Pistons, but by the time he got to the Bulls, I think Horace Grant those first three years was better than Rodman those three years. Well, I think two things here is that the kind of the premise of the show is really to half revolve around the 98 season. So naturally it's going to be talking about Rodman a lot more. And then the other half of this or the other half of the show is kind of going season by season, you know, with Jordan. So, I mean, it's only going to be talking about um, certain players on those earlier teams, just a little bit. 
whereas Robin was a key part of the 98 team, and that's going to get a, you know, the majority of the talk. Um, that's true. But, but I think, yeah, yeah in uh, what, 90, 92 and 93, Horace Grant was a key part of the team. I mean, I don't think there's any, any argument there. He was a great offensive player and a um, huge role for the Bulls. And I think, yeah, I think, you know, all around, I do think Horace Grant was uh, a better player because, I mean, Rodman's game was so one-dimensional. Uh, actually, I think that that's unfair. It was just so, I mean, really defense and rebounding, um, whereas Horace Grant could do that too and then, you know, also score. He was a pretty consistent scorer for the Bulls. So, yeah, I mean, there's no argument there. I think Horace Grant objectively was better than Rodman all around in any year of Rodman's career, like no matter what. Pistons doesn't matter. I mean, yeah. Yeah. Interesting. <laughs> I'd say the opposite, but interesting. Well, okay, you, you, you okay speak better. up. Okay, speak up. What? What do you mean, what? Well, I mean – if if I wanted to like if I'm gonna like the the people I liked playing with when I was playing, the ball or I knew like I knew I was good at a certain thing, and I always loved playing with people who were like like a Rodman, right? Who like they don't want to they don't want to score the ball, they want to play defense, they want to rebound, they want to be physical, they want to be tough. Like I loved playing with those dudes. So I think maybe there's some kind of bias there that that I have, and I would rather have like a Rodman who is. Well, I'm not saying that, that who's a better kind of fit role. for the team. I'm just saying all around in all the categories. I think Horace Grant was a better player than Rodman. You Rodman can score. I mean, or sorry, Horace Grant could score. Rodman, I mean, there'd be damn near you know all the games he'd be averaging like you know four points a game, and then you know bring in 17 rebounds. But that's his, that's his job. You can't fault him for doing his job. No, I'm not faulting him for doing his job. I'm just saying. Who's Horace in the Grant, Hall of Fame? I know Robin is. Yeah. I don't know if Horace Grant is. I don't think he is. Yeah, I don't think Horace Grant is. I don't, maybe he is, but I don't think so. I don't think so either. So Let me fact check. Well, let's... No disrespect against Horace Grant. I mean, when I was playing in AAU, we, we smacked his team when he was coaching. But, like, wow. You know, this like... goes deeper. This goes deeper than no. last dance. I feel it. Okay. <laughs> okay. I feel it. Horace Grant, right. not in the Hall of Fame. Also, terrible AAU team, but that's for another time. That's next episode, everybody. The Horace Grant All Stars. <laughs> <laughs> the Horace Grant Chronicles coming next weekend. All right. Well, let's get. Let's get back on to Jordan. I, I have one thing I want to add about Rodman, and then, and then we'll get back to MJ, is, is that if, if Rodman played in today's game, what do you think would happen? Because I, I don't think he would be that good now because he's so bad at offense that teams would just leave him. They would just double. They would just double off of him, and, and I don't know what he could do because he can't really shoot. He can't, he's not a great passer. I don't know what his role would be in today's NBA. I mean, he would be a rebounder and a defender, but his – Offense is so bad, I, I don't be, know what he would be do. He'd be Andre Roberson. He'd be a better version of Andre Roberson. And Andre Roberson started on a good Oklahoma City team. Ooh. Uh, I don't know. There's I'm definitely sure. a place for a guy like that in the NBA. I feel not like many. If you just, I feel like you just like, transplanted him, you know, to today's NBA, yeah, it'd be kind of rough for him. 
But I mean, if he grew up in the 2000s and 2010s, I feel like he could be his physical attributes could make him a good player in the league today. Yeah. But if you just transplant him, I think it's pretty unfair. That's true. All right. Well, getting back to Jordan, then a few other things I had written down kind of about my biggest takeaways from this were just like the admiration that all the other players in the league had for him was different than any other player that I've seen. I mean, just the way they all talk about him. My favorite part was like the James Worthy part when he's talking about at UNC, he's like, I was the best player on the team for two weeks until MJ got there. Yeah. And it was just everybody like talked about him in a different way than any other player. He was larger than life. I don't know what to say. It was pretty, it was pretty cool to see though. Yeah. I think that's the and like in in light of recent events, I feel like again bringing up the point of like I think obviously LeBron is a great player, and I think a lot of people respect LeBron, but in you know in light of like Kobe Bryant's death, the way they people talk about Kobe Bryant is similar to that of like how people talk about Jordan, like it just like a larger than life <clears throat> kind of person and competitor who just like all about their business and like just commanded respect from people. And so there's very, there's very few people who are like that, that polarizing in like a good way that they, they have that kind of admiration and respect pretty much across the board. Like, I don't know. It doesn't, it doesn't really happen that much. Yeah. I thought, and it was just, I didn't realize how many, like, it seemed like all the games that they were showing, given it was, they were focusing on the close games, but they played a ton of close playoff games. And I, and I didn't realize like how one, how low scoring all the games were, was crazy to see. I mean, the games were in the seventies and the eighties, most of the time uh, in the, in just how many like clutch shots he made, there was probably at least like 10 to 12 that aren't even the famous ones that he made. Oh, yeah, countless number of clutch shots. It was um, – and I think the uh, the pace that they played at and, like, the scoring averages for, like, the entire teams really makes it even more impressive that he was a guy that scored, you know, 30, 30 40, 50 at yeah. night. You know, that's just – if you scored 50 points out of your teams, you know, 95, like, that's that's nuts. Whereas, you know, James Harden, you know, drops 50 and the team scores, you know, 130. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. It, it puts these numbers into <clears throat> into some context. For sure. Super impressive. Super impressive. Well, it's impressive, too, because when you watch – I've watched, like, I don't know, probably about 10 games the past, like, couple weeks just watching him play. And this, like, the spacing on the court, it makes it even more impressive because they don't – like I said, Dennis Rodman's not a shooter, so he's just kind of standing there, and, and his guy can help on a driver. And so yeah, it's I mean, just like MJ taking fadeaway jumpers and trying it to get like, it. It seemed like all, all, all the plays were done inside, inside the three-point line, like very close to the basket. And uh, yeah. it was just weird to see because nowadays, like, you see players standing, you know, two feet behind the three-point line. And, uh, yeah, it was just crazy. And I do think the uh, – <clears throat> the pace they played at also makes it more impressive that Rodman was able to pull down so many rebounds. Far, far less shots were being taken, and he was still putting up better numbers than today's players. Yeah. Um, Just a beast. 
which, you know, no surprise. Rodman was a pretty good rebound, spoiler. They were also they shooting were? a worse percentage, though, as well, I would say. They it shot was? less shots, but they weren't shooting as high a percentage as they do now. That's true. Yeah, yeah that's, that's true. But that was something I had written down, too, is why, why didn't the Bulls fast break more? I mean, they played this slow pace, but you would think if they have – I mean, they have Rodman, Pippen, and Jordan. Why not run? In the, in the first three-peat, they had Pippen, Jordan, Horace Grant team that could run, and, the, and they just didn't as much. They, they slowed it down a bunch. I'm not sure. I haven't seen many games from back then, but yeah. – it's just the way the game was played. I don't know. Just a half court, yeah, half court game. Yeah, I think it would be interesting to see, like, what because I think MJ in the fast breaks obviously would be unstoppable. I mean, he was unstoppable in the half court. So yeah, but, yeah, dude's crazy. Be doing like three sixty, you know, layups, getting the end one, switching hands, switching for hands. no reason. <laughs> yeah. Um. Let's see what else I've written down here. Uh, I didn't realize how close Michael Jordan and Phil Jackson were until this documentary, for sure. I didn't, I didn't know that the reason that he retired was because they didn't bring back Phil. Yeah, I didn't know that either. Um, I didn't really – yeah, I wasn't really sure about that either. I mean, I had, you know, read – I don't even think I read, like, the Wikipedia page on, you know, like Michael Jordan or, like, yeah. the Bulls 98 season. I just assumed – Oh, he retired again. But it really seemed like uh, Jerry Krause kind of maybe forced his hand a little bit to stop Phil Jackson from getting rehired again, which then in turn, you know, forced MJ to retire. I didn't know it was that complex of a a number of events. I thought it was just MJ retired. That's all it was. But it's much deeper than that. Zen master. Zen Master, yeah. Zen Master. The the uh, what's the closest thing we've seen to it since then? Is it Brady and Belichick? <laughs> uh, I mean, I know it's different. I know it's different, but probably yeah. That's probably a good. I mean, we'll see how Brady does this year, right? So Bruce Arians, right? Is that his coach? Yeah, the, Cardinals, coach coach. Of the Cardinals old coach. Yeah, we'll I think it's hard. I mean, Phil Jackson for me was a big winner of this. I thought, I thought, I I gained a lot of respect for him and just what he was able to do and how he was able to coach. Yeah, like him coaching in in what like Costa Rica or something. That was yeah. crazy to watch that, where like these these opposing villages would like literally physically fight each other and like he had to control this, and uh, that was crazy. Yeah. And I think, too, because I think for a lot of people, the, the last image they have of Phil Jackson is, is with the Knicks when he was just terrible and mm. he just took all that money and didn't do anything. And Sorry, I think this just kind of highlighted what, like how, how great he was as a coach. Yeah. He, what, do you think he was that great like in terms of X's and O's and strategy or he was more kind of like the dude for the job who could – work with all these different personalities, bring all these people together. And I think it was a combination be, of both, which I yeah. know probably sounds like a kind of a shallow answer. Oh, you know, he did both. But seriously, he was um, – him in the triangle offense. Because, I mean, up to then, Jordan, um, up until what, 90 – I think it was 90 – 91. 91. Um, well, because Phil Jackson was hired in, what, 90 – 
98, I think, or 99 at the end of 90, or no, sorry, not 98. 89. 89. He was at, he was hired after the 89 season. And um, I remember the first year of the triangle offense, uh, it didn't work. They couldn't get past the Pistons in 1990. And uh, they just stuck at it again. And then 90, uh, and then obviously in 91, they were able to beat the Pistons. And um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, the triangle offense was the only thing that was going to work for Jordan to get past the Pistons. Because up until then, Jordan was really in a system where it was just get Jordan the ball. That was the only the only aspect of the offense. Get Jordan yeah. the ball and get out of the way. And obviously the Detroit Pistons were clearly able to create a, a good defense to stop that. Yeah. And um, the triangle really started to incorporate all the other players on the floor to get them into positions where when needed, they could also score. And uh, that yeah. was a big part of Phil Jackson. And then Phil Jackson's um, mentor, I'm blanking on his name. but Hex, he was Hex Weimer. Yeah, he was a big part. He was a huge part of the Bulls also. And he also has, you know, I think like 10 rings or something. He's got a lot of rings. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I Like no knock against Phil Jackson. I just don't know if, let's just say Phil Jackson had another system. I still think that the Bulls st- still well, – I mean, we'll obviously never know, but it's like I still think the Bulls, Michael Jordan, still would have been great. Yeah, I think like Michael even Jordan if another was, just, system. was just that good. He could overcome. Yeah, but, and that's why – like no knock against Phil Jackson. Like as a, as a coach, I just think his main trait is like he is, was able to like just command the respect of everybody and be able to work with a team and bring all these guys together and formulate those kind of things. And I'm sure he was great with the X's and O's and strategy and that, but I think like, at least in the pros, I think in today's game and more of the modern era is a coach who can do that and command respect and do those things is more successful than like, you know, I think we see like coaches coming from college. And I think the difference with college is, College is a lot more about the X's and O's and actual strategy and those things. And I think we see a lot of college coaches have a tough time because maybe they can't handle these, you know, personas of, of a Rodman or a Jordan or these guys. You know, it's just different. And so that's, that's where I give Phil Jackson the most, the most credit, I think, for sure. Yeah, I think, I think like Max said, it's a somewhat a combination of, of both, but I, I do think he was – for me, I was more impressed with his ability to kind of connect with everybody and, and how he like built a relationship with each player and could, can kind of use that uh, to his advantage. But I think he was talking to Dennis Robin about going to Hooters together. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I think it was like the day before, like the 98 first round game or something. He was like, Dennis going to Hooters. Something like that. I think that was, uh, Speaking of Phil Jackson, I think that was probably maybe the most surprising part of the doc for me was was that before the 98 season when, when they had that press conference when, with Jerry Krauser. I don't know if it was a press conference or it was just an interview or something, but he was like, Phil Jackson go 82-0, and 0, and he's still not coming back next year as coach. And that was, I was just, crazy. I, was like, I didn't realize he had said that publicly. Like, if someone – if a GM said that now, they would they would be fired. Like – how can you oh, most that before definitely. a season? That was, yeah, that was insane. I mean, I feel like nowadays 
if someone said that there would be so much backlash on social media. I mean, it would be hard to keep that general manager. Yeah. It's just crazy. I mean, granted, you know, Jerry Krause won at that point five championships in seven years. So it's kind of like, you know, what, you know, what can you do? Um, but yeah, it, it was just crazy to see that. I think it was a press conference before the season started. Yeah, it's just that, that was that Unreal. was the biggest like shock to me. Um, the other another shocking part to me was the difference in money that everyone made. Like MJ was at that final season, he was at like thirty three million, and then the next highest paid player was like four million. I want to say. Yeah, I mean, I think I didn't really like that aspect of the documentary, how it focused a lot on the salaries of the players, because then you know. Uh, before the 98 season started MJ looks like the bad guy because he's getting you know 30 mil a year and Scottie Pippen's getting like two million a year and I think it was just taken out of context and made MJ look really bad because I mean Pippen signed a seven-year contract in 1992 and up until that point that was a safe amount like that was normal seven-year contracts like that was that was common and then it wasn't really until the 92 olympics when mj just made basketball the biggest sport on the planet you know and the nba started getting these huge tv deals i mean as soon as like the 90 or the 92 olympics ended you know you see the cap going up almost like exponentially they were making so much money and players were getting so much money and Pippen was kind of unfortunately signed his contract at the wrong time. And, um, his lawyer and his agent should be the ones who are the, <laughs> the bad guys here that they didn't put some kind of clause in there to renegotiate or anything like that. Well, it, it sounded like, um, what was the name? Uh, the owner of the bulls, Jerry Reinsdorf. Reinsdorf. Yeah. It sounded like he was telling Scottie Pippen not to sign it in that he won't renegotiate the contract. And Pippen did it anyways because Pippen was very worried about his physical health and whether or not he would be able to – because the seven-year contract at that much money was, you know, seemed like a, a good deal because he was unsure if his lower back was you know, going to be bothering him still, if he would still be you know, even a good player you know, in seven years. Um, so at that time, it seemed like a safe, a safe bet for Scottie Pippen. Um, but let's not, you know, let's not ignore that MJ up until, up until the 90, 95, 96 season, he was still getting paid like $2 million a year too. You know, it wasn't like MJ was making 30 mil a year every year. It was just his final two seasons in Chicago. He was making money like that. Yeah, it's true. You know? People made, yeah, I mean, it was just kind of, I don't know. People on social media were just so angry about it. It was like, what? Like, <coughs> look at the salaries. Pit, or MJ was getting like $2.5 million a year in 1996 when they won 72 games. Yeah. It, it, yeah, but. Yeah, it was just a different time, different, different money there. So, um, all right, let's, let's move on to, um, I have a few more questions about it for you guys, just kind of about the whole team less about Jordan. So there's been, I've heard a lot of things about the best bulls team. And I think before this doc, everyone would probably agree. It was the 96, 97 team or sorry, the 95, 96 team. Um, but I've heard a lot of people saying that actually the 92 team was the best team. 
but I don't, I don't see it. I, I, I still think the 95, 96 Oof. team was the best team. That would have, then you'd have to admit that Horace Grant was better than Dennis Rodman for the team. Not happening. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, it seemed like uh, obviously the 92 team, a lot younger, a lot fresher, more athletic. But, yeah, I'm not sure. Obviously, the team – it seemed like – I mean, I really don't even know what to say. Obviously, like the 95, 96 team always gets the most amount of credit because they won 72 games and just, you know, walked to the championship. Um, but 92 team, you know, I don't know. It was second best team. You know, I'm really not sure. I can't really say because I didn't really watch the seasons. Yeah. For obvious reasons. I think well, I've heard a lot of the arguments I've heard are that by the time it was ninety five, ninety six, they had added expansion teams, and so the league was a lot weaker at that point. Um, so like the the talent was diluted in the league, which I guess that could be true. But I I still think they played. I mean, I think they played some of their best teams. I mean, they had to go through the Magic, who I think were one of the best teams they had to go through during their run. Um, what what um, what's the argument for expansion teams? Was that and it made was, the league weaker? Yeah, that they got but diluted. The talent was diluted. Were there any teams that were created between '92 and '96? Yeah, I think there was like at least two new teams added, if not more, maybe three or four. So like who? who like I I don't think that, I'm I don't like think the there were any teams. Grizzlies. The Grizzlies, yeah, the Vancouver Grizzlies. The Vancouver Grizzlies. I think the Raptors. Raptors. No, the Raptors were – oh, gosh, I don't know. Raptors were like 90 – yeah, I guess like 96, 97. Well, anyways, I, that's just what I've heard arguments made for why the, people think the 95-96 team wasn't as good as the other teams and then the argument that Jordan was younger and just better the first three years, which I think he was – he was only more athletic, and I think he was a better scorer. But I think by the time it was 95, 96, he was just a smarter player. And he, I think he was better probably, actually. Um, I think it was kind of like the LeBron situation. Like, LeBron was a better athlete with the Heat. But I think he was a better player the second time around with the Cavs because he was just smarter and knew what to do. That's true. Yeah, use finesse instead of just pure power and speed. Yeah. 16, 17 Warriors, better. But that's for another day. The 95, 96 Bulls. Hot take. Yeah. Let us know on Twitter, everybody. Do you think Gunn is right with the 16, 17 Warriors? Or do you guys choose the 95, 96 Bulls? Let us know on Twitter. Hashtag, <laughs> is this rim regulation? Tell us what you think. I remember last time we put a hashtag, it got like it was trending worldwide. So it was trending. Yeah, <laughs> I knew that it was trending on the East Coast for sure. But yeah, that's crazy. This podcast really is blowing up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's crazy. Sponsors. The ten million sponsors. listeners. Ten million. Yeah. Sponsored right. by Roman. <laughs> All right. Before we Sponsored move by on. Audible, Dollar Shave Club, <laughs> Manscape. We out here. Big checks. All right. Well, aside from that, moving on. Actually, right before we move on to the next thing, I have one last question for you guys about the doc. Um, 
what do you what do you think that the Bulls should have done following the '98 season? Because Phil didn't come back, Jordan retired, they traded Pippen to the Rockets, um, Steve Kerr was traded to the Spurs. Pretty much everyone left. Rodman was I don't even know where he ended up, but I, he was pretty much out of the league at the. I went, went to the Lakers actually. Went to the Lakers, yeah, I went to the Lakers. He was he wasn't he wasn't anything after he left. I mean, that was his last season. He was decent even. I think the only person they really kept from the core was was Kukoc. Yeah. Um, and Ron Harper. I think he was a Lakers as well. Mm. Or at least eventually went to the Lakers. Um, I think, I mean, it would have been way too expensive to keep everybody. I mean, if Jordan was getting 30 mil a year, you can only imagine how much Scottie Pippen was going to be asking for. I mean, I think it just would have been not been possible financially. Now, if you had somehow been able to get it under the cap and make everybody on the same page, then would you go for it? I think it would have been worth worth trying for. I mean, at that point, ninety-eight, MJ was still the best player in the league. Yeah. I mean, and um, I think it would have been worth trying for. Yeah, I agree. Like they say, right? All all good things must come to an end. So yeah, but I think it adds to the uh, it adds to like the legend of the Bulls that they 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 stopped it. You know, they didn't let it. They left on top. Yeah, the getting you know eliminated in the first round by you know the Pacers or something. Yeah, you know they left while they were on top. They went out on their own terms. Yeah, or Jerry Krause's terms, but yeah, yeah. All right, well, moving on then. Our next two topics are still kind of about MJ, sort of, but um, we're going to do a quick quick top five players of all time list, and if anything has changed from this doc. Um, I'm, I'm not generally a fan of, like, all-time lists. I think we've kind of talked about this before. It's, it's almost impossible to compare across eras. I mean, Havlicek, really, LeBron, yeah. Exactly. It, it's hard to compare. So um, I kind of took this as – how great they were compared to their era as well as how great they were overall. So um, do you, do you guys want to go first or do you want me to, to list mine first? Well, who does everybody have as number one? I think, I think Jordan is Jordan. Is consensus number one. Yeah. <laughs> <Lambier. laughs> oh no, no. Jordan's number one. I got, I have Jordan number one. Jordan's number one. Okay. Number two. I have LeBron number two personally. I have I LeBron think... number two as well. <clears throat> I've got Kareem Abdul Jabbar, aka oh. <laughs> aka Lou Alcindor. It took you a little bit there, but you got it. <laughs> yeah, I think my, that's read my notes I, here. So. I have Kareem at three, and I think it was really close, but I. I think I put LeBron, maybe it's the bias of just having grown up and watched him. But, I mean, just because he's, he's our generation's player, and I, for me, he's the most dominant player I've seen, like, in person and watched a, a ton of games on. So that's why yeah. I put him at number two. I agree. Mine, and then, to Max's point, my number three is Kareem. Like, yeah. Oof. Beast. I think it's a pretty consensus top three of all time. I think most people have that as their top three in some order. Yeah. Um, I think there are a good amount of people that have Kareem two, LeBron three, but I think those are clearly the top three. And then after that, I think it gets a little bit harder. Yeah, definitely. 
So who do you guys have for four? Do you want me to go first then? I have it already written down. I couldn't so. get past four. <laughs> <so>. <laughs> yeah, I guess my 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 four would be um, magic. Magic's I had magic. my number four. Yeah, I had magic at number four as well. Yeah. But it was hard though. I, I don't know. I, Who's hard- your four, Mac? Uh, I don't have one. But you, oh, you only have three. Yeah. Oh well, who would be your four? Well, I don't know. Well, you have to. This is the game. Um, I don't know. Russell, because then, because then Magic, I feel like, Wilt, Larry Bird. I feel like when you try to weigh the achievements of those players and then also the pure skill of the players and just how good they were, I feel like it gets very hard. I mean, I want to say like Hakeem Lajuan. Kobe Bryant, I have them up there. I'll put them at the four and the five. Kobe and Hakeem, two of just the most pure skill players of all time. You might be the only person ever who's put Hakeem at number four. Well, what do you want me to say? I mean, no disrespect, right. to, like the dude. What do you want me to say, Gun? What do you want me to say? <laughs> I'm just saying, right. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, yeah. Kobe, Kobe, I can understand. Kobe, Magic can Bird, understand. Duncan, Russell, Shaq, Will. I mean, it is, it, and like like we said, it's so hard to compare. It's like on one end you're looking at like pure accolades, and you look at a guy like Russell. Yeah, who's done literally everything, and his numbers were great, and he was a good player. Yes, or we're comparing it against like. I think the advantage too the older players have is you can look at the entire breadth of their career. Like other guys, you still have their careers are going on. Like I think, like a, like Kevin Durant, right? Like I think Kevin Durant would fall maybe into for me, could possibly fall into like a top ten. But also his career isn't done yet, and so I can't. I don't know. I can't say. I don't know. Yeah, that's fair. And it's it, but, it's hard to weigh like you said, accolades against, because for KD, I think talent-wise, there's a great argument for him to be top 10 all-time, but accolade-wise, there's no argument for him top 10. Exactly, and that's why I think MJ and Kareem at the number two, they had the talent and they had the the accolades. I mean, they both have six championships, I think at least five MVPs. Yeah. I mean, damn near an all-star every single year they've been in the league. I mean, uh, Kareem scored the most points of Kareem, all time. Kareem, yeah, 36, yeah, 36 with 37,000 points. 36,000 points, yeah. I mean, that's why I put Kareem at, at number two because accolade-wise, I mean, pretty close to MJ. They're pretty similar to MJ, at least. Yeah, 15, Kareem it says 15 all-NBA teams, 10 first-team yeah. selections. <laughs> I mean, that's ridiculous. Crazy. Six MVPs. Like that's insane. Like regular season MVPs. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. But all right, mm-hmm. who do you have at five then? Um, Bird. I don't know. Three consecutive MVPs. Come on, man. Probably like Russell. I don't know. I put yeah. I have Bill. About, I have Bill Russell at five. Probably Russell. Just like. Accolade, like accolade. I mean, I don't want to diss on Russell. See, yeah, I don't, you know, like, it's like I don't want to just say like, oh, he only just won because he was in a 
like he also won because he was the best player in his era like hands down right like he was the best player in his era hence why he won so much so i don't know probably russell the milk yeah the milkman (laughs) i mean i'd say russell 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 bird russell a bird probably I think for the only the only argument I put Russell at five because of the eleven championships, but the only argument against it is that when he was in the league and he won those eleven, there was only between eight and ten teams in the league for like his whole career, so it was a lot less competition. I mean, you could argue as well though that the competition was more because it was really concentrated, but there yep. was less teams to go through as well. Yep, yep, yep. So well, I mean, hard. and I guess, well, Mac, you said, Wilt. my, my, if we're using that, like that same kind of logic, then like, right. Russell and Wilt were playing at the same time. Right. Yes. And Wilt only won two championships. So maybe at that time, maybe Wilt was the best player, but Russell was the best winner. And yeah, probably I think it gets into the very uh, hard decision of accolades or just dominance and skill. Yeah. Which I feel like, you know, nowadays a guy like KD comes into play. Just unguardable. I mean, if we're, so talking, unguardable. If we're, talking, if we're just talking pure talent, KD's in the top five. Ooh. Let us know on Twitter, everybody. Top Let five. Let Maybe even it's top five and he's not two. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> he could be three, four, five, or one. He could, he's one, three, four, five. <laughs> everybody on Twitter, let us know. Hashtag. Is this rim regulation? Am I wrong? The people on Twitter will decide for us. We'll, okay. you know, we'll see. I think I think there's an argument for that to be made for sure with KD because it, you can't really do this, but but imagine, okay, just switch Bill Russell and put KD back then. He would have won 11 championships, I'm sure. Like, they, they would have lost their mind if they saw He wouldn't have ever lost a game. <laughs> he would have never lost a game. <laughs> They'd be like, what's going on? The seven-footer seven footer shooting, like, from damn near half court and dribbling I think the ball. It's fair, and it's like, or I think it's unfair to just straight up transplant a player into an older era or an older player into a newer era. I think that's unfair to do. No way. The, ga- the game style has changed so much. I mean, it's clearly unfair, but just for this exercise, it's just – I was just – Can you out. imagine if you were in the, the late 50s and you go from your day job of teaching, you know, math to high schoolers, and teaching then you have to go play. One. You have to go play Kevin Durant later at night. <laughs> like, <laughs> terrible. You'd be shooting no three. <laughs> There'd be no three pointers. Wow. I mean, you can, you can get to the rim. <laughs> you can get to the rim every single time. Yeah, try scoring around Bill Russell at the rim. Come on, man. Try scoring He's around bigger Will. than Bill Russell. Try scoring around Will. Will would eat him. Will would eat him. This is a this is a side note, and this probably doesn't make. But I always feel bad for Bill Russell when they drag him out to stuff now. (laughs) Okay, just like I'm just saying, like let just let Bill Russell chill. Bill Russell doesn't need to be getting dragged. Like they literally, I just feel bad for him. It's it was like it was like. older president bush right before he died like they just drag him out to stuff the guy clearly is like old sick like he's in a wheelchair he's not doing well stop dragging him out to the podium and putting him out there is like let the let the man be wheelchair yes he is 
Bill Russell in a wheelchair? When you see him, he's not in a wheelchair because, you know, they, they take him out for five minutes and then they put him back in the wheelchair. Maybe. I don't know. Stop making oh, no, Bill Russell do these was, things. Uh, I think it was maybe two or three years ago during the NBA, like, award show at the end of the season. It was like him, or uh, it was like Charles Barkley, David Robinson, Dikembe, Shaq. They all like gave Bill Russell some like lifetime achievement award. He came out on stage. He walked out. He looked good. And then he said, "Like if you get," he was like, "He was like one, two, three, four. If you guys were in my era, I would have kicked your ass." I remember was, that. Yeah, I remember that. Super funny. But, but I mean, I think Bill Russell also likes to. He's aware of who he is, you know, to the league. There isn't a player in the league that doesn't, that's you know, true. admire yes, him. And I think that he does try to, you know, do his best to make himself seen. Oh, sometimes I, I just feel bad be for better, him when I see him. It'd be better to see him than to not see him. That's true. And, like, during the, uh, the finals. I, think I don't know. So. I don't know. Um. Because like during like the uh, the finals, like when they award the uh, the Bill Russell Finals MVP, MVP award, yeah. he's always there. That's true. And it wasn't until like two years ago when he started being up on the podium and he was sitting down instead of standing. That's what I'm saying. Stop dragging him out. But I mean, he's giving, note, out, he's giving out his award. Right, come on now. That's true. Yeah. All right. Well. I think that's good for the for the list there of top top players. Um, moving on to another list inspired by this doc, uh, it focused in the middle of the doc about Jordan signing with Nike and kind of how he like transformed them into what they are today. He's a large part of that. So this is this is a little bit of a lighter list. We're we're gonna do the top five sneakers of all time for us personally. This can be. Anything. This could be Jordans. Doesn't have to be specifically Jordans, though. My list has three Jordans on it, and then two non-Jordan shoes. So, are they Nikes? They are Nikes. Yeah. Jordan I'm not a- saved Nike. Jordan the saved two Nike. Lows. The Curry two lows. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Who wants to go the first? One, the ones that look like the doctor. <laughs> <laughs> the hospital slippers. Oh no! <laughs> the white ones. <laughs> Oh, hospital man. shoes. My number one. Oh, Jordan one. Jordan one. Oh, go five to one. Yeah, we'll don't go just five, jump to one. To Come one. on, man. Well, I, they're in no specific order for me, but I know my number one is the Jordan one. Okay, that's fair. Okay. Most iconic silhouette of all time. All time. Okay. All time. Most versatile, versatile silhouette. Which specifically, which Jordan one though is your favorite? Ooh. AJKOs? Black and red. The bread ones? Yeah, black and reds. Black, original. black toes, though? Those are nice. I like no, the, the original black and reds. Mm-hmm. The ones that got banned. The band. Iconic. All right, what's the rest of your list looking like? Um, in no specific order. I got the, I got the KD4. Shocker. Probably like one of my favorite shoes to hoop in. Which one? Which one specifically? Yeah. Um, like what colorway? Yeah. <laughs> I don't you know. Got, I really like I really like the Easter ones. I like the Christmas ones a lot. The All Stars are crazy. Okay. Okay. Common theme there. They were all like the metallic galaxies. Yeah. Well, those were the galaxies. The yeah, All Stars. Oh. Same thing. oh. <laughs> yeah. Um. 
the Kobe 10. The Kobe Ooh. 10 I loved playing in. The highs? I absolutely loved playing. No, the low the top really ones. really high ones, like up to like your <laughs> Yeah, I, I didn't like those. <laughs> I like the low top ones. Um, and the air bubble and the heel was like fantastic. I blew through like f- four or five pairs of them, but I love those. Um, probably like – I don't know. It's like a tie between maybe like Jordan three, Jordan four. I think it's just another super, both of them like iconic silhouettes. I'd probably lean more towards the four than the, the three. Um, That's fair. And then probably my number five, and it's a shoe I've never owned a pair. I've never worn a pair, but I've always admired. And I think, they have a bad name because of like what the like sneakers have been and it became like a completely oversaturated shoe but is like the foam posit like mm. i think a, when, yeah of course yeah foams are nice like i think that the foams have a bad name now when they started putting like the the world map on it and like the thermal map and like the asteroid and like all these terrible terrible colorways but I think like just the the ones that like the original one, like the metallic blue one or the metallic red or the green, like just like yeah. the color blocking and like the futuristic looking shoe it was in the 90s, I th- would probably make my top five. What's your thought on the, the Galaxy phones then? Because I remember that was like one of the first Ooh. shoes that people were like fighting over. Yeah. I mean, I think they were dope. I think they were dope. I think they were dope. And then my honorable mention would be um the chucky t's oh okay just like the you know just like the the originals the originals that's it that's my list would you ever hoop in them in chucky t's yeah what are the um i mean if i never wanted to like walk again let our viewers know what the chucky cheese are chucky t's chuck taylor's Oh, Chucky. Oh, my God. Raj, edit this out. Oh, my God. Wait, what? Raj, edit this part out. What? I thought you were saying Chucky e. Cheese. I was like, what the fuck is the that? Chuck e. Che- the Chucky e. Cheese fours. <laughs> unreleased. No. The unreleased. Chucky e. Cheese. The purple and green oh, and yellow colorway. The Mardi Gras. Chucky e. Cheese. Oh. Exclusives. Was this the part that you said that you've never actually owned a pair? No, he said the foams. No, foams. Never I've never foam. owned foams. Okay, okay. I've just admired foams. I mean, foams. I've I've played in ones. Like I played a whole season in college, basically in a pair of Jordan ones. So Oof. Chuck Taylors would be a little bit worse, uh-huh. but like, yeah, you know, I, I I played games and like I couldn't like I couldn't walk the next day, but it was it was worth it. That's All right, Mac, what's your list looking like? Where do you want me to go? <clears throat> um, I'll go with number one. And then the rest will be in no specific order. Number one, the Jordan 11. Something that Gunn failed to mention. The most iconic shoe of all time. Um, the 95-96 season, as special as it was, it had an even more special shoe. You had patent leather. You had ballistic mesh. You had carbon fiber. I mean, this is the future. Carbon fiber on a shoe? Yeah, this is a shoe I'm going to wear when I go over to Afghanistan. I need my ballistic mesh. (laughs) Hey, 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 watch it, watch it, watch it. Come on now. 
and uh, we respect which one specifically? Troops. Thank you. Um, it's got to be the Concords. Concords. That Concord purple. Ooh. I mean, it's a shoe that they made so you can wear with a tuxedo. I mean, come on. It, yeah, it goes with a tuxedo, and then you can drop 55 in the garden on the following night. I mean, it's just – it's something like that. All right, hold on. I want, I want to make one side note because that reminds me of something I forgot to bring up about the dock. I was, I was shocked. Everybody wearing a suit – None of their suits fit properly. Did they not have tailors back in the '90s? They were all gigantic. The suits. What about were big on? Yeah, them. no, that was just the style. The infamous style, 2003. Right? <laughs> but why? Why the like, suits? I don't understand it. It's the style. All right. Well, that's a sidebar. Sidebar. Get back to. You're the not from now. the streets. You can't understand. You're not from the streets, Raj. All right, it's pretty clear. The streets were talking. They said big suits were in style. <laughs> big suits. <laughs> Um, all right. After I was interrupted, sorry about that, viewers. Um, so keep let your list keep going. That has no credibility since you established your first shoe. But just keep going. It's fine. You didn't even list the Conquer or the uh, Jordan Eleven, man. Exactly. Overhyped shoe. Overhyped shoe. Ballistic. Go ahead. Mesh, Go ahead. Carbon fiber, patent leather, rope laces. The Jordan One literally saved Nike. Literally saved Nike. What do you want me to say? Okay. I mean, yeah. I haven't seen their financials, so I'll take a word. Just know that you're wrong. That's all I'm saying. I'll Just take know that word. you're wrong. I'll like, continue continue this list. Good for the guy who hasn't even seen the last dance dog yet. But hey, continue, I won't get into that. Continue this list knowing that you have no credibility <laughs> and you're wrong, but that's fine. Keep going. Oh, my God. All right. Well, um, I just want to establish one thing. This, the, this list isn't the most impactful sneakers. This is just his personal favorites, so... Well, well I, person, I personally, is. he's lying to himself. <laughs> <laughs> personally, 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 this list represents the most iconic shoes as well as incorporating some of the shoes that are just good to ball in. I think Jordan 11 has the real hooper, real hooper, real hooper alert, <laughs> real hooper alert. And, and, and this list incorporates both of that. Jordan 11. Had both of that. Iconic. What shoe can you wear where you can wear a tuxedo one night and then drop 55 in Madison Square Garden the following You know night? what I'm going to wear with a tuxedo? Not, I'm not going to wear a pair of basketball shoes. Not the tuxedo. that. <laughs> Back then, it was different, Gun. You weren't around. It, it was different. It was different. It just it hit different. 1995 just hit different back then. Oh, yeah. Um, All right. Keep going. Keep going. Then after that, it's um, – after that, I'm gonna probably put up the Kate or the Kobe, probably five, six, and seven, all kind of together. They're very similar, and Gun's giving me a very sarcastic uh, look right now. Uh, it's kind of pissing me off, actually. Oh, <laughs> come on now. I'm just kidding, but um, I've I've had a couple of those pairs. I, I had a pair of fives, and then I think. Two pairs of sevens and a pair of sixes. Pick one, it, though. Well, they just seem like such similar shoes. I, you know, I, I'm really not sure. But if I had to pick one, I'd probably, I'd probably pick the six. I'd probably pick the six. Fair. Um, fair. Just meet in the middle. Um, I don't know. I just low top. I love the low tops. Great silhouette. And they were just great to ball in. Never turned an ankle. Except one time when I stepped, I landed on Jerry's ankle. 
or I landed on Jerry's foot and I rolled my ankle. I thought I broke my ankle. It hurts so goddamn bad. Yeah. But uh, the sixes were crazy though, with like the snake skin. Yeah, that, yeah. I think that uh, that kind of those were crazy. Those were sick. Um, and then after that, probably gonna roll with the um, KD fours. I've never owned a pair. I played in a pair once. They seemed like pretty solid shoes, but I know that they were ninety five dollars for damn near every single mm-hmm. colorway. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just like you can't really argue about that. I mean, that's just a great deal. And Gun swears on his uh, wife's life that they were the best shoe ever. So, all best shoe I've ever hooped in. Yeah. So without a doubt. So without I'll a take, doubt. I'll take on that. Nicole. I put that on Nicole. <laughs> Um, and then after that, probably going to put the, um, probably the Jordan six. I think to me, wow, that's one of the most iconic silhouettes. I forgot about that. Obviously it was the first shoe Jordan wore that where he won a championship. Um, I think the, you know, the all black new buck look with the infrared paint on it, I think just looks so sick. Also the last shoe. The last original colorway to feature the Nike, you know, branding on it. After that, they stopped putting Nike on it. True. And um, just iconic, the all black, the matte black kind of suede slash new buck look to it. That badass. But they didn't five infrared. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I didn't five. <clears throat> oh, I didn't even mention the Jordan one. Oh shit. Uh, okay, I'll, I'll put the one at the five spot. And then honorable mention the foam posit. So I think that's just such a sick shoe. Yeah. Because Penny Hardaway, I have a Penny jersey. I love Penny. That shoe is just iconic. Yeah. So futuristic. Honorable mention again, the Adidas Kobe 2s. Can't forget about those. Gone, but not forgotten. The limousines? Yes, sir. <laughs> iconic. All right, Raj. Yeah, so I'll go ahead and do mine then now. Um, I'm going to start with five and go backwards. So – for me, my five was Jordan threes. Oof. I just I love I love threes. True blues are probably my favorite, or or the black cements. But it's fair. I, I had a pair of black cements at one point. The threes. Um, Wait, why'd you get rid of them? I just got rid of mine. I don't I don't know Rest I don't know piece. why I got rid of them. Actually, I sold them a while ago. I'm trying to find a pair. I'm trying to find a pair. Mine were cracked. One of the heel tabs was missing. Midsoles completely destroyed. Played in them. Got 170 or like 160 for him. That's not bad. <laughs> were they good to, are they good to play in? I mean, they were pretty beat. All threes were the first shoe that had the AirPod in it. The ones and the twos never had the. Uh, the yeah. The, were they fun to play in? Um, I mean, like, I felt like I had like cement bricks on my feet, but yeah. other than that, it was. They were, were nice. They, were they better than the ones? No. Really? No. They weren't really okay. No, with the I, AirPod. No, I like the ones better. No, I'm not okay. To hoopin, to hoopin, and as a shoe, the ones are better to hoopin than the threes. Mm-hmm. Okay, all right. For me, just lost all credibility. But okay, okay, <laughs> okay. Sorry, Raj. You were there. No, you're you're cool. I think. Well, I wanna I wanna say something. So my list is kind of based off of where like how i like to play in them but i i've never really played in jordans the only jordans i actually enjoyed playing in were tens and those made my honorable mention list 
but honestly, I've never enjoyed playing in a pair of Jordans other than those. Tens? Okay, I, actually, oh, tens. I thought tens. Okay. I thought tens were really comfortable actually to wear. Yeah, I'm thinking of nines right now. The hiking boots. I'm thinking <laughs> of those. I'm like, damn. Okay, sorry. Um, but yeah, so the number four on the list, I have fours. Jordan fours. White cement is definitely the best color for me there. Uh, but then also like the undefeated fours. I love those. Ooh, settle down. (laughs) Damn. So that's for me. Number four, number three is the LeBron 15 lows because they're the most comfortable pair of basketball shoes I've ever played in by far. It's not even close. Like the, the comfort level is amazing. Um, and I think that has to do just with their newer shoes. So the technology is better. Yeah, but I just love like the mesh. The whole shoe's mesh is just really comfortable. It kind of like grips around your ankle a little bit, uh, and I like the way they look. They're not. I, I like the style of Jordans better, but in terms of comfort, they're just like so comfortable. I put them ahead. Yeah. Um, two for me is Jordan Elevens, uh, Concords, and Breads are the two my two favorites. Um, tough, <laughs> tough but fair. Tough I, I love but fair. <laughs> I like 11s. I, I wouldn't play in them, but I, I just like I like wearing them. I like the way they look. Would they you wear them one. to a wedding? <laughs> Probably not. I, would, I wouldn't wear any basketball shoe to a wedding. It's the Facts. Number one for me is KD4. A best there you shoe. go. For me, it's the best shoe. It's comfortable. Uh and then I just I like all the colorways. Like you said, Easter's are probably my favorite. I also really like the Weatherman's a lot. Ooh. Those were nice. Damn, those are fire. I remember at one point I owned like five pairs of them. I had like I had like yeah. the gold medals. I had You had the, the Christmas ones. ones, the copper ones. Yeah, I had the, the Christmas ones. Those ones yeah. were super nice. Yeah. Uh the USA ones, I love those ones too. Those were dope. There were just so many. There were so many good. Like, there. I don't think there was a single. I feel like the only colorway that was a miss on those shoes was like the away ones that were just like yeah. black and orange and blue. Like those were ugh, kind of a gross colorway, honestly. But the creamsicles weren't my favorite either. If you remember those, like the orange ones. The orange were, ones, yeah. They were all right, but uh, yeah. But the Nerf ones, then I love the Nerf Ooh, ones. Ooh, the Nerfs. Oh. One, they just had so many good colorways in that shoe, and just everything they did was good. Yeah. The Year the of the Wanda's. Dragons. Wa- Ooh. Oh, yeah. The Wanda Wanda's, Pratt. the unreleased. <laughs> Wanda's. <laughs> uh, y'all getting way too deep in this. I just, that's just my favorite shoe. And then honorable mentions for me, I had uh, LeBron 8s. I liked LeBron 8s a lot. I thought those were nice. Uh, Jordan 1s were really close to making it. Like I said, Jordan 10s. Kobe 6s. And then Jordan sixes. Wow, so, that was my list. Sterling fair. Okay. Yeah. All right, we're gonna move on then. If you guys don't have anything else to add, here we go. Here we go. We're moving on to uh, cut, start, bench '90s edition. So I tried to focus uh, uh, on players that were in the dock that played against Jordan. So, uh, and then we'll go to who he played for and where do he play at, and see if uh, Mac can defend his. His uh, who we play for crown yeah, the reigning champ. Here we go. <clears throat> okay, See, it's funny. It's we have to call that out when Mac wins one thing, but hey. it's like you know they don't say that See, you know um, gun coming free, back baby. to defend his crown at all because it's just <laughs> rent free all day, baby. Come on, well, let's go. Only reason cheapest I said, rent in the Bay Area. <laughs> cheapest rent. 
I mean, Gunn's clearly going to win the college one. He, I don't think you ever are going to hey, win well, back, So Last week, I, I gave him a run for his money. You lost by, like, two points. <laughs> it was out of close, five. though. Two out of five. The score, what, come on. Everybody he only knows. lost by two instead of where he usually uses by three or four. It was Everybody better. Everybody knows the score is not the true telling of the competition. It was much closer than that. Everybody knows that. You're right. That's why wins and losses are a thing. But Everybody knows that. My record yeah. is not a reflection. I forgot that there was, a, there, was a, there was another part of the win column. It was, it's wins, almost wins, and then losses. Really? See, but... see how mad he is about this? It's crazy. <laughs> All right. Well, we're, let's just let's get into it. We're going to start with cut star bench. I didn't do any duos this week. I'm going to win this one. Let's go. Let's go, Raj. <laughs> a game that can't be won. All right. All right. First up, let's first up, we got uh, Dennis Rodman, Horace Grant, and Derek oh. Coleman. All these are all in their primes. So whenever you want to take that as their primes. So Rodman, Grant, and Derek Coleman. Okay, I got to be honest with you. I don't even know who Coleman is, so he's gone. Wow. Uh, he's gone. I'm starting Rodman. I'm benching Horace. Easy. Wait, did you say Gary Coleman, like the little guy, Gary Coleman? <laughs> the grills? Oh, Garrett Coleman. No, that's, Gar- that's George Foreman. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I'm just playing. Okay. Mac, what are you doing? Um... Well, I know who Derek Coleman is, so that's one. I'm already ahead of gun, uh, but I think I think I am going to cut him over Horace Grant. <laughs> you give him the, the benefit of knowing him. He's still saying, I know you're him. gone. <laughs> <laughs> and then I think just pound for pound, I'm taking Horace Grant, and I'm benching Rodman. Depends on the system. I mean, it you know it depends. Horace Grant can offer me more. So, I'll leave it at that. I'll drop the mic on that one. I'll take drop the W. It. Thank you, Rog. You I, think it's hard. I think it's hard for me. I don't know. I actually think Derek Coleman might be the best of these three players because he was really good for a few years in the 90s with the Nets. Um I mean, he was just—he was a much better offensive player than either of them. I mean, he could shoot threes, he could dribble, he could—he just didn't have a lot of success. His team wasn't that good, so I guess I would probably start Pistons Rodman. I think that's when he was at his best was with the Pistons. I think I would start him. I think I would bench Coleman. I think I would cut Horace Grant, but it's really close. So. I got to be honest with you—I've literally never ever heard of Derek Coleman ever. Go back, watch some tape on him. He's he was ever. He was I'm good. looking at his picture right now. I've never seen this dude. <laughs> I've literally never seen this dude. His career, he, I mean, he he averaged 16.5 points per game. Yeah, but he had like a stretch where he was out over 20 a game for a few. And years he was the first overall pick. Even yeah. Petrovic on the Nets. Yeah, cool. they were good. Cooking. Who is this dude? He was good. Like ch- check him out in like 92, 93 kind of area. He was really good. So, all right, moving on. Hopefully, everyone knows the next three guys. So, we got, uh, we got Petrovich, Ooh. John Starks, and Dan Marley. Oh, oh my God. Um, I don't even know where to begin. 
and this is all primes. So even though Petrovich's career wasn't as long, obviously, just take him at his best. Frozen. I'm trying to think of John Starks, what year he was best, like 94. 90, Tony. 93 Tony. Marley, 93 Marley, 94. <clears throat> Starks and what 94 Petrovich or 93 93 probably Petrovich 93 Petrovich well um, I don't know I don't even know where to begin um, Marley's nice in NBA jam I'll give him that <laughs> not wrong I mean I feel like I I, I gotta give credit to Petrovich because all these elite shooters are like, you know, Ray Allen, Reggie Miller. They're always like, Petrovich was the best shooter they've ever seen with their eyes. Which is saying a lot. Mm-hmm. If Reggie Miller is saying that you're the best shooter ever, that's saying a lot. Um, and I have also seen game footage of Petrovich cooking MJ for 40. So that's got to say even more. So I'm going to start Drazen Petrovich. Yeah, same here. And then I'm bench. I'm I just benching. don't really like John Starks. I just don't really like him that much. Yeah. So I'm cutting his ass. <laughs> <laughs> Get the off my team right now. And then I'm benching Dan Marley because Marley, what three point um, champ ninety three with the Suns. I mean, huge yeah, part was- of why the Suns got to the finals. He was an early, like, 3 and D player because I think he was also, like, a first-team defensive player, even though, like, in the documentary, if you watch anything, I mean, MJ cooks him, cooks him but, like, that's, it's MJ, so makes sense. Yeah, I was yeah. going to – my list would be the uh, same. Didn't Jerry Krause, like – what do you say about Dan Marley? He, like, wanted him on the Bulls or something? Or yeah, he really he wanted considered, him. He considered MJ – in, in Marley's defense, like similar level or something, wasn't it? It was something like that, right? I all I remember is that he wanted Marley on the team, and MJ didn't like that, so he like okay. per, took it personal every time they played. That's fair, yeah. But I, I agree. I think I would start Petrovich, bench Marley. Uh, I don't know. Marley and Starks are really close. I, I might just don't actually like the Knicks, so bench Starks. Yeah. So it's it's f all the Knicks. All right, moving on to some point guards now from the 90s. We got Gary Payton, John Stockton, and Penny Hardaway. Ooh, Penny Hardaway. Damn, that's tough. (sighs) Penny, Stockton, and who was the first? Gary Payton. The glove. glove. The glove. Well, I love Penny Hardaway. Oakland's finest. I love Penny Hardaway. But oh, but this is prime, right? This is all primes, yeah. Just this is just them at their best one season. Uh, Did Penny ever hit his prime? Yeah, I mean, I don't he, think so. I mean, I don't think he, he got the chance to. I don't think he got the chance to. You mean he didn't hit his full potential? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, but so him, the best that we saw from him was still really dominant. Yeah, mm-hmm. oversized point guard who could slash and shoot and pass. I'm taking him. I'm starting him over Gary Payton and John Stockton. And then, man, I don't even know. This is a hard one, Rog. This Gary is tough. Payton. Yeah. I, I love John Stockton. Three Hall of Famers. I think just at the point – like at the point guard position, John Stockton's one of the greatest ever to play the point guard position. 
but there's more to it than just that. I'm gonna I'm gonna bench Sean Stockton and Gary Payton. There's no right answer here. There's yeah. no right answer. It's different because they're all like they're all like for this one. <laughs> they're oh, all different players, right? Like John Stockton is the like team leader, pass first, get everybody involved, floor can, general kind of guy. Big shots. Can, can hit big shots. But like more of his role is right. He's the facilitator. He is the engine of the team and things run through him, right? Yep. Peyton could do that, but he was just like his like his grit, his toughness, his defense was probably like his greatest attribute. And then Only Penny they could talk shit for ninety four feet. Yeah, and then Penny Penny could just get a bucket like whenever he wanted to. Every I single will. way. In every single way. Every single way. Yeah. So I guess it's like what do you value the most? Um I don't know. I'd probably start Stockton, bench Penny, cut Peyton, but like you said, there's no I don't know, there's no yeah. folks are right take it easy on us. All right, there's really no right answer. Yeah, this is a hard one, I think. I mean, I out of those three, Peyton's probably my favorite out of those three. Really? Okay. Yeah. That's big. That's controversial. Okay. Yeah, I would probably start I think I would start Penny as well. I just think he was his peak was better. Uh I think I'd start Penny bench Stockton cut Peyton so same as Mac but it's it's hard it's imp- I think it's hard um and the also, next one is also hard as well so were you gonna add Mac in the last dance we saw uh Gary Payton in the 96 finals against MJ and how once well MJ thinks differently but once Gary Payton started guarding MJ he was holding him to pretty good uh a pretty pretty bad offense Jordan was having a really hard time scoring. Yeah. That's what that's what Gary says. Jordan says he wasn't even phased, but obviously his shooting totals don't add up. Yeah. They weren't that great. They were like 30, 35% in yeah. game like yeah. games like four, five, and six, I think. So best best team to never win a championship. Yep. That's a huge stretch, but okay. You know, we'll, we'll ignore that one, Raj. Yeah, we're gonna ignore that for for this time. We can talk about that another time. But um Yeah, maybe next episode. Twitter, let us know. All right, next one we got uh, Chris Mullen, Reggie Miller, and Clyde Drexler. Ooh. Hmm. I'm starting Reggie. Okay. Starting Reggie right off the bat. After, I mean, Reggie was another like player who I didn't really know that much about. I mean, I've seen you know highlights, yada yada yada, but like actually watching full game film of him you know, this past two months. Reggie was so, so good. Mm-hmm. I mean, watching him run off of the screens and, like, just how he how he was running off ball was just incredible. Like, I like to think that, you know, Clay Thompson um, and, like, Chris Middleton are, like, some of the top guys off ball. But watching, watching Reggie Miller was just – it was crazy watching yeah. him play. And I mean, I got I gained so much respect from watching the '98 uh, Eastern Conference Finals. Um, I mean, he gave. I mean, he almost took down Jordan. I mean, it was just crazy to watch. So Reggie Miller, I'm starting him all the way, forever. Um, and then forever. It, was, it was Chris Mullen <laughs> and Clyde Drexler. <clears throat> um, probably going to bench Clyde Drexler. Cut Chris Mullen. 
That's fair. Yeah, I don't. This is another list where it's like you have to make a pick. Um, I probably Again, this one. There is a right answer, so so choose carefully. I mean, I'd pick. I'd start Clyde. I'd start Clyde. Um, probably bench Reggie, cut Mullen, but I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I think I think I think probably the right answer is to start Clyde. Because I mean, Clyde, another one of those players from from the from the '85 draft or no '83 draft, I think. So from the '80s and '90s, um, went to the Blazers, and then up until 1992, people were still heavily debating whether or not Jordan was better than Clyde, or if Clyde was better than Jordan. So I mean, that's a you know that's a seven year run right there, yeah, or eight year run when when people would. It was a toss-up whether or not like you would take Michael Jordan over Clyde Drexler. So yeah. I mean, clearly a very good player. And then obviously went on to win, a, I think, one championship with or with Houston. Yeah, he was at. I mean, he was. Yeah, yeah he was old at that point, but he won one. Uh, yeah. I would. I think I agree. I start. I would start Clyde bench Reggie cut Mullen. Our our guy Chris Mullen though, man. Sorry, St. John's, you lose Sorry. again. All right, last one is, is – I think this one, for me, was the hardest one when I was writing it. So, uh, Shaq, Hakeem Olajuwon, and Tim Duncan. Oh and I, I know Duncan, Duncan is kind of – his prime maybe is the early 2000s, but he kind of came along at the end of the 90s as well. So. Yeah. Well, it's Ma- that's Max number four player of all time. So, if he's not starting, then – I'm starting you know. I'm starting Hakeem. I mean, let's not ignore the 95 NBA Finals. Hakeem versus Shaq. We saw what happened. Come on. Come on now. We saw what happened. I'm starting Hakeem. Uh, oh, yeah. Also, the uh, Magic or the uh, the Rockets swept the Magic. So, yeah. Um, oh, God. I don't know. If we're talking purely in the 90s, I honestly, I think. No, this is just at the primes. So, whenever you think the primes. So, this could be early 2000s Shaq and early 2000s Duncan. I mean, I'm prime for prime. No matter what, I'm taking Hakeem. I am taking Hakeem. I don't care. I might be, I might be cutting Hakeem. All right. <laughs> I'm out of here, guys. Oh, my God. You're crazy. This is, is a hard one. I mean, I get what you're saying about the skill of Hakeem. Like, I, I totally, totally get it. Yeah, but I, I also get think – Duncan and Shaq were both also very skilled players in their own right and have the accolades and the championships and the numbers to back them up even more. Whereas Hakeem, like, Hakeem doesn't have that. He yeah. doesn't have – he has one – he, He's got no accolades, yeah. No, but how many rings does he have? He's got two. He got two, yeah. But sorry, he was kind of playing in an era where he was going up against Michael Jordan. I mean, come on. Although he never – the, the Rockets never played against the Bulls in the finals, I don't think. They didn't. It's true. They always yeah. got knocked out beforehand. It's hard. I think I would start Duncan. I, I, it's really hard, but I think I would start Duncan, and then I think I would bench Shaq, and I think I would cut Hakeem, but it's it's so close. Yeah. No disrespect to Hakeem. But disrespect because I'm cutting him. <laughs> <laughs> 
All right. Akeem, if you're if you're listening to this, I know you are. You're one probably of, getting yeah, to this point. And <laughs> I'm sure one of our viewers has some ties with him. Yeah. Well, Sorry, Hakeem, if you want to come on and defend yourself, we'll we'll welcome you on to the podcast anytime. <laughs> like uh, he needs to defend, come in here and defend his honor. <laughs> hey, that's true. Yeah, he, he's one of the goats. He has nothing to defend. Yeah. Defensive Player of the Year. Does Shaq have a, a Defensive Player of the Year award? Uh, I don't think so. Gun talking, talking about accolades over here. Come on, man. Don't test. How many rings does Shaq have? I mean, he was riding on the coattails of Kobe and D Wade up the court, so he's got four. Wow. <laughs> All right. Well, Kim was riding Kenny Smith's coattails. Oh. <laughs> Ken Smith from Queens, New York. <laughs> The jet. Let's go home. It's over. You, you win, young fella. You win. <laughs> All right, let's move on to uh, to the last two mini games of the day. So we got who we play for to start. Ah. I think this is a good one this week. So um, who wants to go first? I forget who started last time. I think Gunn went first last time. All right, Mac, you're up first then. Uh, mm-hmm. You so ready, I'm Mac? Egg. I'm ready. Yeah, I'm ready. Number one, Will Barton. Uh, Denver? Yes, he is on the Nuggets. With a bang! You win, young fella! Mike Gun. Breen. <laughs> Enos Cantor. Portland. Oh! Not Portland's. Mac. Yo, oh, he's jump the shot Celtics. in the game. He's Boston with the Celtics. Celtics. Yeah. Incoming. That's a half point for Mac for stealing it. Okay, I'll Mac, you're up now. We got a Goran Dragic. Um, isn't he still on Miami? He is still on Miami. Oh, boy. Oh, let's go. You this win. is a good start. Two and a half to zero right now. Let's go. <laughs> Shut up. Shut up. All right, Gun. Seth Curry. Dallas. Yeah, he is on oh. the Mavs. Superman is in the building. <laughs> All right, we're moving on to the medium category. They're getting a little bit more difficult now. Bad. Those were pretty easy, I think. So, uh, number we got up Evan Turner. Ooh, Evan Turner. Ever, the most forgettable player in the NBA. E.T. <laughs> e. himself. Uh, he was in Portland, but is he on – is he in Indiana now? He is not on Indiana. Portland. He's not on Portland. Damn it. I just said Portland. He's on the Timberwolves. That's why. That's why. Okay. Makes yep. sense. No Pistons players yet. Very surprising. We might have <laughs> tapped out the entire list. Rod really is. I have used a lot of Pistons players so far. So, uh, all right, Gun. Terrence Ferguson. Thunder. Yeah, he's on the Thunder. T Ferg. All right, well, there's uh, two questions left each, and we got two and a half to two. Mac is winning. Mac, you got Jan Mahimi. He's still a place? <laughs> yep. <laughs> NBA champion. I believe he makes like $14 million this year, by the way. So Let's go. Well, he was on Indiana, but. Is yeah. he. Is he on Dallas also? He is not on Dallas. Gun, do you know where he's at? 
Detroit. He is not. He is on the Wizards. <laughs> oh my god! Wow, we haven't had any Wizards players. Oh, the Wizards are bad. That is. Wait, every single podcast, I don't think I've ever thought one time about the Washington the Wizards. Wizards. I swear so to God, that, I have not. That says a lot. Yeah, <laughs> they're a very forgettable team. So. <laughs> God, I forgot they were even a franchise. <laughs> Poor Washington. All right, Gun. We got a, a Warriors legend here, Alfonso McKinney. Good luck. I'll give you a hint. He is not on the Warriors any longer. Yeah, I know that. Three, two, Cleveland. He Ooh. is on the Cavs. Wow. <laughs> what a guess. Let's go, baby. It's over. Let's go home. All right. Oh. Going into the last question for each of you, the hard category. We got gun with three. Wait, 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 wait. What's the score? Three to two and a half. Mac oh, how, how quiet they have become. I was, I was blindsided. I was blindsided. How quiet they have become. Yo, All right. You got to get this one, Mac. Or Thanks, you got to steal the last one. Thanks. I'll, I'm also aware of that one, too. Okay. <laughs> Brandon Knight. Oh, no. Oh, man. His body is still laying in the Staples Center. <laughs> oh, man. Brandon Knight. See, now, I want to say Detroit. but I don't think it's Detroit. Um, could but be Detroit. it also be reverse psychology. It could be Detroit. <laughs> What's your guess? Is he on? Is he on Minnesota also? He is not on Minnesota. Oh, I'm gonna say Detroit. He is on the Pistons. <laughs> Still, they signed that man. Come on. All right. Well, that's it. That that's the game right there. So, this last question is just for fun. I like how I said it could be reverse psychology <laughs> and actually be Detroit. There's probably gonna be one Pistons player every single week. Gotta so. be. Uh, all right, Gun, just for fun, we got Reggie Bullock. Detroit. No, the Hornets. He is not on the Hornets. <laughs> oh, damn. <laughs> he said that so confidently. No, Ryan, it's obviously the Hornets. <laughs> I don't know. Mac, Mac you can steal, you can steal but it. you still lose, so. Um, wait, wouldn't we tie? No, because Gun just stole the last one to get him to three and a half. That's, that's, that's a low blow. Uh, Orlando. No, he is on the Knicks. <sighs> All right, final score, three and a half to two and a half. Gun wins. Easy. First time for everything, everybody. All right, moving on to where did he play at to see if Gun can defend his crown for the fourth time in a row. I will. Or fifth <laughs> time in a row, I think, actually. Unlikely. No one beats me five times in a row. All right, Gun, you're going first this time. We got Miles Turner. Where did he go to college? Oh, give me this. Miles Turner. Oh, Texas. He did go to Texas. Oh, my God. I knew that, too. I was waiting for that. All right, Mac. We got Aaron Gordon. Zona. Yep, Zona. All right, this the first four I think were fairly. Pool party, easy. you. Pool party, you. <laughs> All right, gun for you, Kelly Oubre Jr. Oh come on, man! Come on, man! 
Come on, man. Kansas. Yep, oh. Kansas. All right, Mac. A college legend here. We got Kemba Walker. UConn. Yep. All right. Two the single two. greatest postseason performance of all time. Kemba Walker. One of the greats. Cardiac Kemba. Yeah. His, Bro, that his, step back you hit on that dude collapsed him like a folding chair on Pittsburgh. Oh my I don't God. I just remember that. it was McGee. His last name was McGee, but I don't remember. Yeah. The dude fell like a literally like he got like hit by a stun gun. It was insane. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh. All right. It's two to two going into the medium questions. So uh I think it's Medium for gun, right? Mine still stay easy. <laughs> no, everyone moves up. So Okay, that's interesting. Okay. All right, gun. Andre Roberson. <gasps> oh, no. Oh, I actually I thought I, I just saw this. this. I thought I knew this. It's an ACC school, isn't it? I can't give anything away. No hints. I'm pretty sure it's an ACC school. I want to say... I want to say Pittsburgh. It is not Pittsburgh, Mac. Is it also Steelers. UConn? No, he went to Colorado. Oh, hmm. we're, we're close. We're right, yeah, close. Right down the street. Close enough. Close enough. Yeah, right down the street. Yeah, Boulder's close. Connecticut, Colorado. Close. Oh, see. Come on. All right, Boulder's Mac. Just a stone's throw away. Taj Gibson. First of all, isn't he from, like, England? I don't think so. <laughs> or is that Luol Deng? I, uh, I don't know about that either. Taj Gibson? Taji. Taj went to college. First of all, is that man in the league still? This could be an unfair question. He is still in the league. Is he in the Lakers? I think he's still in the Timberwolves, he if won't. I'm not mistaken. Damn, poor guy. Um, where did Taj Gibson play? Shit. Florida? I don't know. Florida? Nope. Gun to steal? USC. He did go to USC. That's messed up, man. Him and OJ Mayo. That's messed up. Was OJ he on Mayo. Oh my yeah, God. The juice man. <laughs> OJ the juice man. All right, Mac. For you, we got. Wait, sorry, sorry. For gun. It's for me. Mason Plumley. That's easy. All the Plumleys went to the same school. They yeah. all went to Duke. <laughs> really, Raj? Come on, man. Sorry. I thought that was going to be You harder. said medium, bro. It's like asking where the Hansbro brothers went. Come on, man. All right, next UNC. up for, for you, Mac, we got Gary Harris. Junior? Is he a junior? I don't know. No, senior, senior. <laughs> well, I'm just, I'm just saying it could be. Uh, Gary junior. Harris. Man, I, I have no idea. Uh, Nebraska. Nope. Gun Same conference, right? Conference. Okay, okay. Nebraska State. No. What? <laughs> Gun, Michigan what is it? State. Yeah, Michigan State. Close, close. All right, well, going to the last question, it's all wrapped up. Gun is up four to two. Whoa, so whoa, whoa. Is, uh, hey, the miracles happened, right? Just for fun. So, um, Gun, we got for you, we got uh, Mike Muscala. What team is he on? Lakers? I don't know where he's at, actually. You don't right even now. know where he plays? <laughs> I think he's on the Thunder. Good save. Part of me wants to say 
a big school. I don't think that's right. Um, I don't know. I'm going to say like Kentucky. But I don't think that's right at it all. It is not Kentucky. Mac, you want to steal? This one is clearly uh, Vanderbilt. <laughs> nope. This uh, He went to Bucknell. He's a Bucknell oh. legend. Was he on that oh. team that beat Kansas? Maybe. I'm not sure. But he went to Bucknell. So, uh, all right, Mac, this point, Go this Bison. is the Go last Bison. question for you. So, we got Wesley Matthews. Oh, man. I, uh, uh, Maryland. He did not go to Maryland. Maryland County University Golden Retrievers. Oh, that is actually very – Maryland is close. Let's go. Give me the W. <laughs> it's not right. It's over. Let's go. <laughs> Gun, you want to steal it? I'm pretty sure it starts with the same letter. <laughs> it does start with the same letter. Thank you, Rod. Minnesota. No. What is it, Gun? you know? I think it's Marquette. Yeah, he went to Marquette. Golden Eagles, not the Golden Retrievers. <laughs> UMBC. UMBC. <laughs> All right, well, that does it for this week then. Gunn won that round four and a half to two, and Gunn won the first round three and a half to two and a half. Viewers and listeners, it was closer than what the final score says. That's going to do it for this week, guys. Thank you all for listening and hopefully enjoyed this podcast and enjoyed The Last Dance Doc. It has definitely been a nice distraction from everything else going on in the world right now. We'll be back again next week talking about more NBA topics and possibly looking ahead at what the rest of the season may look like if they do return. For now, stay safe and take care. We'll see you all next week.